0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. As always, I'm Stacy, your host. Tonight, I'm going to discuss women who were the pioneers of the women's movement versus today's modern feminist movement. I'm hoping to show differences in how each group were able to go about obtaining their goals and the actual effectiveness on the people around them. So, I've got my drink. I'm ready to go. Let's get started. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. That was a quote from Margaret Mead in conclusion of a lifetime observing very diverse cultures around the world. It's also a quote that could be applied not just to women's movement, but to anything. The women's rights movement marks July 1848 as its very beginning, and history has magnified many women who fought for their rights and my rights, who worked so hard to be treated equally and made great progress for people like me in fields like science, politics, sports, literature, art, and so many other areas. People not just across America celebrate the victories that these women achieved, but around the world, they look to them and they hope to be so much like them in their own country. The women's suffrage movement is probably the most known of all movements in our female history, It sparked an ongoing movement, not just within our own country, but around the world and in other countries. Some of the most well-known women bringing about change and equality for women in history are people like Susan B. Anthony, who's best known for the women's suffrage. Her image was placed on the U.S. dollar coin in the late 20th century her most prominent role was speaker and strategist for women's voting. Elizabeth Stanton and Lucretia Mott were also a part of this movement during her time. They were the primary writers of the Declaration of Sentiments. This is a sentiment that was designed by Stanton and with carefully noted areas where women were treated unjustly. And they read, The history of mankind is a history of repeated injuries and e- usurpations, on the part of man toward woman, having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over her. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. These were the specific items. Married women were legally dead in the eyes of the law. Women were no la- uh, not allowed to vote. Women had to submit to laws when they had no choice in their formation. Married women had no property rights. Husband had legal power over the, and responsibility over their wives to the extent that they could imprison or beat them with impunity. Divorce and child custody laws favored men, giving absolutely no rights to women. Women had to pay property tax, although they had no representation in the levying of the taxes. Most occupations were closed to women, and when women did work, they were paid only a fraction of what men earned. Women were not allowed to enter professions such as medicine or law, and women had no means to gain an education since college or universities wouldn't accept women's students. With only a few exceptions, women were not allowed to participate in the affairs of the church. And finally, women were robbed of their self-confidence and self-respect and were made totally dependent on men. This is what these three women put together a group of more women to fight for. Alice Paul became very active in the women's suffrage movement in the 20th century and she wrote the Equal Rights Amendment, or ERA, and it was added to the Constitution. The Equal Rights Amendment was proposed amendment that would guarantee equality under the law for all women. It was introduced in 1923. During the 1970s, it was finally passed. So it took almost 50 years for this to become ratified, and eventually a part of the Constitution. The text of the Equal Rights Amendment was as follows. Section 1. Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied and abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Section 2. The Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. Section 3. This amendment shall take effect two years after the date of ratification. That was it. Ida B. Wells Barnett also was a part of this movement. She was a journalist who led an anti-lynching campaign beginning in the 19th century. She organized the Alpha Suffrage Club among African American women in Chicago and brought members with her to participate in the 1913 suffrage parade in Washington, D.C., during Woodrow Wilson's inauguration Mary Church Terrell was also a part of this There was 5 to 8,000 women from the suffrage movement that marched in Washington D.C. to disrupt the inauguration of Woodrow Wilson However, as always there's roadblocks The or- and the organizers of the march themselves asked the African American women to march at the back of the parade. Well, Ida B. Wells was not having any of that. While she believed in her cause, she refused to go to the back of the parade. So she decided not to march at all. Mary Church Terrell, although an African-American woman also, she chose to march. She chose that even though she would have to go to the back, the other parts that they were fighting for were important as well. Now, that's not to say Ida B. B. Wells Barnett didn't feel that way. She just chose a different route. There were half a million people lining Pennsylvania Avenue to watch the women's suffrage parade. Some of the bystanders, as always, hurled insults at the women who marched. Others lighted cigars, lit cigars and cigarettes and tossed them at the women walking by. Some of the bystanders spit at the women marchers or slapped at them, even mobbed them and beat them. Two hundred marchers were injured in this parade. The National Guard was eventually called in to calm everything. Now, these, of course, are only a few of the earlier women's movement women. There are so many more that were important during this time. But it would take me multiple podcasts to go through them all. Norma McCorvey, or also known as Jane Rowe, was another prominent figure in the women's movement. She was the plaintiff in the landmark American lawsuit, Roe v. Wade, in 1973. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that an individual state laws banning abortion were unconstitutional and later McCorvey, or Jane Roe, her views on abortion actually changed substantially. After Roe v. Wade, she became a Roman Catholic activist. And in the anti and was a part of the anti-abortion movement, she stated that her involvement in Roe was the biggest mistake of her life. Some accounts, to include her biography, state that she lied, that she made up a story in order to get Roe versus Wade. Did you know? And I kept hearing the name Shirley Chisholm last, Chisholm last week. Many conservative black men and women were talking about her on social media, and I had never heard of her. I mean, I just hadn't. So I looked her up and started researching her. Shirley Anita Chisholm was an American politician, educator, and author. In 1968, she became the first black woman elected to the United States Congress. She represented New York's 12th congressional district for seven terms, from 1969 to 1983. In 1972, she became the first black candidate for any major party and their nomination for the President of the United States. She was the first woman to run for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination, as well as the first woman to appear in the United States presidential debate. Her successes in the legislature included things such as Unemployment benefits, which extended to domestic workers. The SEEK program, or the Search for Education, Elevation, and Knowledge, which provided disadvantaged students the chance to enter college while receiving intensive remedial education. In August of 1968, she was elected as the Democratic National Committee Woman from New York State. She eventually met Robert Dole, and worked with him to expand the food stamp program. She also played a critical role in creation of the Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women, Infants, and Children, also known as the WIC Program. She has many other accomplishments, as well as positions on committees, such as the Agricultural Committee, when she wasn't pleased that she was actually appointed to. She felt it was something that didn't even apply to her or her state and was insulted by the fact they placed her on it. Some of the more well-known modern, and I use modern because they've been over the last 30 years, are women like Maya Angelou, an American poet, singer, memoirist, and civil rights activist. She used her words, her writing, her writings, and her ability to convey her message to her people in a peaceful manner to speak for women and people of color that were women. Coretta Scott King is also an American activist, civil rights leader, wife of Martin Luther King Jr. She was very prominent for women of black, uh, that were black and for women in general as well as just the civil rights movement. Alvita King also, an American activist, author, and former state representative for the 28th district of Georgia House of Representatives, niece to Martin Luther King Jr. Barbara Walters who was a journalist, author, television personality, one of the first most prominent women in her field, who forged forward with stern, steady, and strong will for women in her industry, setting the way and setting the path for the rest of us. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Oprah Winfrey, even Madonna and Angelina Jolie are considered women activists. All of these women would be considered feminist. And even the earlier women, like Susan B. Anthony, would have been considered a feminist in their own right. And many more I've not even mentioned. There's hundreds, thousands of women here in the United States and in other countries that work tirelessly to make women like me and you other women equal in all things that men do when it comes to the law. So why did I name these women? Well, I named the earlier women to give you a sense of what they did for all women. Conservative, liberal, independent, it didn't matter. They tried to, they tried to make it to where all of us were able to go forward. In this particular part of my podcast, I want to talk about the differences in how feminists today try to get their points across, try to get their activism to give results. The problem that I have as a conservative with modern feminists is they feel, make it feel like it's more about a power play for dominance than equality. Often it's an attack on anyone who doesn't agree with the movement. For instance, they had the Women's March back in 2017 after Donald Trump was elected president. Now, I just got through telling you about all these women that were very, very active in bringing about equality for people like me. Back in their day, they wore, you know, white dresses and they held their signs, and they marched, and they chanted their words of wisdom, and they spoke speeches. In the parade, there was a woman at the front of the line who was on a white horse carrying a banner, and they got their point across, and they did it peacefully. Were they met with challenges and violence, and were they ridiculed? Absolutely. Absolutely. But they never lost sight of their goal. And they never actually themselves went about things in a violent manner. They could have, but what would it have accomplished? So, in this women's march in 2017, I couldn't figure out as a conservative what it does for women. What does it bring about for people like me to see someone on a stage and their idea of a protest is calling themselves a nasty woman? Well, that to me isn't respectful of myself. I have more respect for myself to talk better about myself. Why would I call myself a nasty woman? I mean, I get it. It was all about the accusations against Trump and how they felt he treated, he, he treated women or treats women, but they also were there to emasculate women. It almost, I mean, men, it almost felt like that everything that they protest about, that they bring about, that they want for equality means degrading the position of men in our society. Now, when I say that, it's not because conservative women or conservative men think that there's this place where men are head of the household and women hold the 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 homemaker, that they just abide by whatever rules their husband sets and that... You know, women have to be meek. That is not what I mean at all. And in fact, if you've ever really met conservative women of today, you would find they're actually not very meek at all. Now, you might find those like me that hold Christian values that go by the structure of the value of the Bible where, yes, the man is the head of the house and the woman is the one that holds the family together, but it's not like we don't share responsibilities. I don't just give in to my husband every time we have an issue. We discuss it, and sometimes I go along with what he feels is right, and other times he goes along with me. And of course, I'm usually right. What can I say? But just kidding. Anyways, newsflash. Men can be strong and very manly, quote, unquote, and still hold emotion and be sensitive. But just because they don't go out in public and break down every time you think they should be sensitive doesn't mean that there's some burly guy that doesn't care about women. And just because a woman takes care of the home and cooks and cleans or makes sure that her husband is happy or takes care of her kids doesn't mean that she's not strong or independent and can't think for herself. In fact, oftentimes it's quite opposite. The conservative women, to include myself, hold jobs. A lot of us own our own businesses and we still take care of our husbands and take our children to soccer practice now I don't all of my kids are grown now but I'm still there for them when they need me but so is my husband my husband works hard job he works a manual job I work in an office you know and and I work for an environmental company and it's it's hectic and you know there's often times where we're, I'm doing a, a, a proposal for big government bid or something to, to help them out, and yeah, it's crazy and I'm tired when I get home, but my husband will oftentimes cook, or he'll do a load of laundry, or he'll make sure I'm OK. He's sensitive, but he's still a man. It is not my job to degradate him to put him down for liking sports. I like sports. My husband will bring me a beer and let me watch football while he cooks a steak on the grill. I don't get, and, and don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of activists and women out there that give Speeches and they're active in, in female movement. And by that, there's so much. And yes, for the most part, women have equality. We were able to, I, I mean, wearing a pink hat on my head with ears and saying vulgarity or demanding that I scream at the sky with my shirt off, waving my lady parts around and grinding on the ground or or saying vulgarities about my parts and what they do and what they're capable of and claiming that it's only my body, it doesn't accomplish anything. It just makes me look like I'm selfish, like I'm not going to get anywhere with that. And as a conservative woman, you make me feel like you're not for all women. And you know what? They're not. Because if I, as a pro-life person, wanted to march in the 2017 Women's March or even last year when they tried to repeat it, I wouldn't have been allowed because I'm not for what they're for, but they're supposed to be for all women. And being for women doesn't mean you can't be for men being men. And when people use the phrase, boys will be boys, it doesn't mean that we're saying that We're permitting them to sit around and just talk trash about women and treat them like crap. Most conservative men that I know don't agree with that at all. They respect women. They don't like men who talk about other women that way. And they would take them behind the barn and give them a good woodshed kicking. The hypocrisy of the feminist today is another thing. You have Katie Hill, Alyssa Milano, Hillary Clinton. They're all hypocrites. Katie Hill, the representative in the House from California, just resigned. She's playing the victim. Now, granted, her husband, in my opinion, was wrong for vengeful porn pictures released, is what it's called, I guess, venge porn. But her personal life is not my issue. She had an affair with staffer, now reported multiple staffers. There is a bill that was passed in the Congress last year where they can't do that. Plus, if it had been a man, they would have annihilated him. They would have called him a sexist pig abusing his power. So she should have resigned. She should accept responsibility for the wrong that she did instead of playing victim. And yes, if you want to go out there and you want to try to do something about binge porn, then do it. Alyssa Milano is the same way. She talks about going against the Second Amendment, yet she has armed guards around her. She talks about men as if they're trash, but she supports Katie Hill. not resi- She didn't want her to resign. Hillary Clinton supposedly one of the biggest advocates for women's, and I'm not going to say that maybe she hasn't done some things, but she continued to defend a rapist and a person who was proven to, to do inappropriate actions as the President of the United States. He abused his power, and she defends him. So the hypocrisy is absolutely crazy. Someone told me the other yesterday, I was talking to them, and I was like, it's like they're running on the off-ramp and they just don't know where to get off. And this person was like, no, it's more like they're going through a roadblock sign and just ramming straight through it. And that's the truth. In the end, what will the tactics of the modern feminists do for them? Will it accomplish what they want? Or will they just come across as angry women who hate men and any woman who doesn't agree with their views? We as women, and even men, should support the women's movement. Always. For the most part, we have a ton of freedoms. And in the United States, we don't have any freedom. We're not lacking any freedoms that men have. Now, around the world is a completely different issue. And those are the the, the women that we should also be fighting for. In the end, women just need to pick something and be passionate about it, but not overzealous and overbearing about it. Forcing your issue down somebody's throat won't accomplish what you want. The women's suffrage movement didn't have to do that. And they accomplished everything you're allowed to do now. We as women can use our voice because those women set the path for us. And so a different approach may be something we need to do. In the end, there are so many things, and I'm going to talk about it in just a second in my closing. Um... I get passionate about this because I'm a woman and I look around and I do see things that are still issues. There are still some sexist issues and any man who denies it or any conservative woman who denies it is wrong. There are still some men that power trip, but now there's a lot of women who power trip as well. Women in powerful positions abusing those positions Women should be uplifting each other, not tearing one another down about looks, life choices. Even if you don't agree with abortion as a conservative, instead of calling someone a murderer, in anger and hate, yes, often hate, attempt to talk with someone considering abortion. See perhaps the reasons behind their contemplation. Try to find viable solutions to help them and ha- have a conversation. And really, abortion is a conversation I want to have another day. Just not today. But for the most part, whether you're a modern-day feminist or you're a conservative woman or an independent that just wants what everyone else wants, conversation is the most important thing to ever have. Feminists today might want to take a look in the mirror and try a different approach. Because honestly, I'm not seeing much of your legislation that you want getting passed. So maybe it's time to open up your eyes. Maybe it's time to open your ears and allow yourselves to listen to the conservative side. If you change your way of going about approaching what you want, conservative and independent women... Might be more open to what you're offering and want. Instead of doing the things that make you have the feel-good sound good may only be having a hooray effect on yourselves and those in your little bubble, try something that's not such a turnoff, and men stop letting women tell you you're too manly. You're not. Be who you are. Everyone should be who they are. Maya Angelou said, Words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with deeper meaning. Words are a powerful thing, people. More powerful than any nasty woman speech you could give. So I know I ran a little bit over tonight. This is a huge topic. There's actually so many things I didn't get to, but I would be running all night long. There are some real issues in other countries and in our own that men, women, conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, independent, all walks of life can come together on. Female genital mutilation is a real issue for women in other countries and even in our own. Please get educated and help educate others. Domestic violence and sexual assault is growing at a rapid rate every day for both males and females. It's an issue that needs to be addressed and one that everyone should be able to come together on and work to get laws changed. I thank you for listening tonight. And if you have any questions, comments, ideas for future topics, feel free to leave me a voicemail on anchor.fm backslash point of view or email me at podcast at gmail.com And that's Stacy, E-Y, P-O-V, podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all. God bless you. God bless this country. And talk to you soon.